Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, Matthew, it's you and I back on the show again. We were able to kick John and Steve out and take over. That's right, man. Yeah, it's another week that they have allowed us the the reins of the microphone. So, or we locked them in their office. One, either, one of the two. Right? One of the two. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, we're excited to be on the show today. What's going on in your life? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, well, my heat went out uh, this week, and Ooh. this was the first kind of cold spell. So that was I woke up and uh, it was about four o'clock, and it was chilly. <laughs> and I was like, man, something is not right. And so I turned on the heat and. Uh, sure enough, it was not blowing. So that is, uh, yeah, it's something we got to be aware of this time of the year. It's getting, it's getting cool. Yeah, that's uh, just life right there for you, right? Of course, and right, it happens right when you, right when you need it, right? That's right. But it also made me just grateful to have a house, to be honest. And you know, thinking about people without homes, it, it is humbling and also just grateful um, that a lot of times I do have feet and I am comfortable. And when I don't have it, it is, it is a stark reminder of, of, of our blessings and what we have. That's a great perspective. You know, just looking at like homelessness in the CSRA, we have like around 600 in the Augusta area mm. alone. Yeah. Um, so there are people on the streets at night, you know, not everybody makes it to the shelter and, and they have to bundle up and, and just endure the cold. So it just reminds right. you to be thankful for, for what you have. That's right. What about you, man? What's going on with you? Uh, just plugging away, you know, trying to, uh, you know, I guess we're on quarter three, uh, quarter four now, excuse yeah, me. Q4. So golly, this year's coming to an end and, you know, been busy with church stuff and, and life and some other things outside of work that Sarah and I have been involved with. Mm, so, that's good. Uh, yeah, it's not too much though. Just trying to, uh, yeah, just take every day and enjoy it and, yeah, and be thankful. About to be a busy season, busier than most with the holidays, with, you know, uh, Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas, with families, it's... It's fun. I know, you know, for a lot of people, it can also be stressful. So we hope that it is not stressful, uh, not only with financially, but just with, with family. And, and, you know, family dynamics can be difficult, but, uh, you know, that is something that we, we do strive for is just to help clients think through things wisely and to have an enjoyable holiday season. So we, we hope that is is good for all of our listeners as well. Yeah. And let's just start with just some Info, you know, going into 2023, um, there's some adjustments that are being made. A lot of it's due to inflation. So, you know, one thing everybody should be aware of is Social Security is having the largest cost of living increase ever, right? Wow. So it's at 8.7% um, that the cost of living increase is going to. So wow. that's a that's a big increase for people. That's a that's a big difference. And that's for next year? Yeah, for 2023. For 2023, yeah. wow. And also, uh, standard deductions are increasing due to inflation. So we're looking at, um, for single filers, it's going to be 13850 um, Oh, for the standard deduction. Correct. Wow. Okay. And then for married couples, for 2023, it's going to be 27700 Wow, okay. Um, so some, some good things to know about. Um, and just to be aware of as we go into 2023, you know, inflation's affecting a lot of things, including what you can deduct from your taxes, as well as your cost of living adjustment when you're taking Social Security. So good stuff to know. Uh, by the way, my name is Ryan Borders. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro. And I'm one of the advisors here at Richard Young Associates. And uh, my name is Matthew Travis. I'm also a certified financial planner and have been with the firm uh, for coming up on five years now. 
Yeah, and you know, we're excited to have everyone listening today um, to our weekly show. We're exclusively up every week on uh, on Friday afternoon, so you can check us out like Spotify, mm. our website, moneymd.net, Apple Podcasts, and check us out every week. Listen to our podcasts. And, you know, we have lots of old shows you can go through. Maybe you're going on a trip. Well, I guess when everyone travels for the holidays, feel free to listen to some of our shows. Um, and yeah, so some of the topics we're going to be talking about today... Um, one of those being, uh, we're going to talk about a book that's pretty popular right now. It's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. So really in today's day and age, a lot of people like to hurry um, mm-hmm. and don't really a lot of times take just a step back to reflect on life and rest. And so we're going to talk about some main points from that book. And so that should be a, an interesting topic. Yeah, and the second uh, topic, uh, we may flip around the order, but the the second of the two topics is uh, how to retire without a mortgage. And and this is something that we really encourage a lot of clients to do is to go into retirement without a house payment. And this is not always possible, especially if you buy a house uh, later in life and it's large. Uh, but this is something we, we we strive to do and even may pull out of investments strategically to pay off the house so you don't yeah. have that payment. Yeah, it's a, it's a good practice if you can do it. So just um, just helps alleviate a lot of stress in going into retirement. So definitely going to be a good topic. But yeah. before we get into those, let's start with the financial fact of the week. So, you know, looking at just the U.S. markets over the last hundred years, so we're looking at what's called the CRISPS 110 index. It's just kind of an overall U.S. stock market index, okay? Mm-hmm. If we just look at that, um, what is the performance of the U.S. market after all-time highs? So a lot of times when... We're hitting all-time highs. Clients ask, oh, you know, is it, what's going to happen? Is it going to go down? Is this it, right? right? You've heard it a million times. Oh, yeah. Well, let's look at that. So you're looking at U.S. markets over the last 100 years. Um, one year after an all-time high, the average market performance is just at 14%. Mm. Okay, after one year after the high. Correct. Wow. Okay. On average. Uh, after three years, we're looking at about 10%. Really 10.6. And then five years, it's at about right at 10%. Um, so that's pretty interesting. So anytime you hit all-time highs, if we just look, we can never predict the future, but if you look at, you know, history, that's what it's done. And if we look at the overall average of the market, what's it at? Right about 10, right? Yeah, that's right. So that's pretty interesting. Well, now let's talk about what's the performance of U.S. markets after a down year, like more than 10% or more, what's the average been? Mm Because that's kind of what we're, we're sitting in this year, right? So obviously that's been the topic. So on average, uh, your one-year performance is at 11.4%. Your three-year is at just at 10%. And the five-year is 9.6%. So that's any time we have a decline of 10% or more what the average has been. Wow. So that's really saying that if the markets hit new highs or you could say hit some lows with, you know, more than 10% down, you know, pretty comparable returns from the one, three, and five-year average returns. Yeah. And the markets overall... About at 10%, which is what the overall average has been. So what does that tell us? What is the teaching lesson from that? Um, historically speaking, you should stay invested, continue to add money um, you know, throughout the months, throughout yeah. the years, because historically that rewards you, um, mm. even when we're coming off new highs or even when we're coming off some big lows like we are this year. Mm. Yeah, that's good. So that leads us up to our first topic. I guess we're going to start first with seven ways to retire without a mortgage. And this comes from uh, Kiplinger. Kiplinger has some great resources out there if you're ever interested in some financial articles. Um, but yeah, how to, how to retire without a mortgage. So whether you're 35 or 65, 
uh, the prospect of retiring without a mortgage is typically attractive. No more monthly pay, uh, payments to your home uh, lender means that extra money can be spent on having fun or giving or donating. After years of uh, being very punctual in your principal and interest mortgage payments, uh, it's the least you deserve, right? And yet more and more Americans are still carrying a mortgage when they reach retirement age. According to a 2019 report from Harvard's uh, Joint Center for Housing Studies, 46% of homeowners ages 65 to 79 have yet to pay off their home mortgages. So almost 50%. 30 years ago, that number was just 24%. And there are several smart ways to retire without a mortgage. And we want to go through seven. Um, Some approaches um, that benefit from an early start. um, You know, so planning ahead as much as you can. Uh, But also if you're later in retirement, there's some other ways that you can go about uh, paying off your mortgage before you enter retirement. And, And here's the first one. Yeah, and that first one is, you know, make extra mortgage payments. You know, over time, a few bucks here and there tacked onto your mortgage payment can translate into thousands of dollars saved on interest in years shaved off um, your repayment period. So the trick is to find small ways to cut corners on other household expenses so that you can apply those, you know, modest savings towards your mortgage. You know, simply swapping out transactional um, you know, or, you know, switching out light bulbs, you know, like your normal standard light bulbs to an LED, uh, for example, could save you $100 a year over 10 years in energy costs. So a uh, programmable thermostat can save you up to $180 annually. Wow. Um, so a little extra goes a long way. You know, a $225,000 mortgage at 5%, which sounds low these days, <laughs> Right, 5%. you know, over 30 right. years, uh, works out to a monthly payment of about $1,200, excluding taxes and insurance. And you'll pay about 210000 in interest alone over the life of the home loan. But an extra $100 a month towards the same mortgage, and you'll save nearly $40,000 uh, less in interest and retire uh, the loan five years earlier. So that's a, that's a big difference. Mm. Yeah, that is. That's good. Uh, this next one is to refinance your mortgage, and it's a little uh, more difficult now that the rates are going up. But you know, if you have an ARM, an adjustable rate mortgage, or any of these other very variable rates, uh, refinancing could still be an option. Um, but if you're able to reduce the interest rate on your loan, then the big takeaway clearly is that you're going to um, have less payments. But then the key with this is if you keep the payments the same, then more of your payment is going towards the principal. So if you reduce the interest rate, keep the payment the same, then you can put more towards um, the principal, which then in turn reduces the number of years on the mortgage. Now, again, you know, the rates are in the six to 7% range at this time. So this might be a thing that you did two years ago, or you might have to wait um, or maybe you're higher than that because of your credit score and you're come down lower and you can refinance. But it's really the key with refinancing your mortgage is having a lower interest rate. Absolutely. And another one is to downsize your home. So think about it. At the time when you're supposed to be enjoying the simple life, do you really need you know a formal living room, separate dining room, two separate bedrooms uh, that you never set foot in? If, you answer, if the answer is no for you, think about downsizing. Um, the beauty of downsizing to a smaller home in the same area is that you don't need to say goodbye to your friends, family, and community. Mm. 
Um, of course, you know, beauty can also be found in the fact that you might be able to pay cash for a new smaller abode, you know, right? You can make some money off your bigger home, save some extra money, and also means no mortgage, right? You could sell, pay off the rest of your loan, um, and then, you know, buy something cheaper. And don't limit your notion of downsizing, um, you know, just because you spent the past 30 years in a traditional ranch doesn't mean you need to purchase another ranch with less square footage. Mm-hmm. Check out, you know, other alternatives. You know, you have condos, townhomes, um, as well as unconventional options. You could even look at, like, RVs. Um, I don't know if I would do that, but mm-hmm. that's definitely an option. One thing to consider, too, is just, you know, consider having, making sure you have a master on the on the first floor. Mm-hmm. As people get yeah. older, a lot of times stairs become harder, as I've experienced with my grandparents. Um, so That's those good. are other things to think about, you know, my parents' home is on the second floor. So in the you know, next 20 years, they might, you know, need to live somewhere that they have access on the first floor. Right. So that's another thing to consider. That's very good. This fourth one is to relocate to a cheaper city. Uh, if you can't find the right place to retire in your hometown, uh, maybe there's a cheaper place somewhere else. Sure. There will be sacrifices, but, uh, what you may give up in familiarity, uh, you'll make up for financially. Um, the best places to retire combine ample activities with affordable real estate. Um, and, but we don't also want to just minimize community. And you mentioned yeah. this in the last one, but you know, trying to find out how you can stay if you're in a good community and that community is good. Um, and, to not, and to move just because of finances is not what we're saying, but that could be a factor. If you're looking to move, then you know, looking at the state there. Um, for example, um, you know, in New Jersey, Annual property taxes alone uh, run about $2,500 per $100,000 of assessed home value. Um, compared to Georgia, where you pay just about $1,000 per $100,000 of home value. So you know, there's different states that have different tax uh, structures with retirement income, with pensions. Uh, so just being familiar with that is, is also important. Yeah, another option is you could get a roommate. <laughs> mm, so, there you, go. you know, don't discount the financial advantages of taking on a roommate. Uh, by letting out a spare bedroom, applying the rent uh, you collect to your mortgage, you can knock yours off um, the time it takes to repay the loan. So, you know, obviously an extra 250 a month towards $150,000 30-year mortgage at that 5% um, will erase that mortgage by, you know, 12 years earlier. So that's that's a big difference. Um, so having a roommate can help with that, help, you know, obviously you have other expenses they can help with too, like the electricity, the gas, obviously that can impede on some freedoms and things like that. So you want to make sure it's a, it's a good fit for your home to have a roommate, um, because that, that does, that can take some sacrifice and also be a big adjustment for Mm -hmm. you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and kind of a variation of that would be Airbnb, right? So if you, if you, if you wanted to if you wanted to travel a lot and you're out for months at a time, you could use Airbnb as a way to rent out your house to get extra income for that. So this uh, uh, next one is to rent instead of owning. A guaranteed way to retire without a mortgage is to not have a mortgage. And it's to sell your current home at a profit and use the proceeds to rent a place to live during retirement. Although it might seem as though you'd be just writing a check to a landlord instead of you know, the lender, the differences between renting and owning can be considerable. Um, one of the advantages, a couple of the advantages are renting um, in retirement is there's no leaky roof to replace. There's no property taxes to pay and no equity tied up in an illiquid real estate uh, asset. There's also no residential uh, albatross, you know, around your neck preventing you from moving around as you wish in retirement. 
Uh, you can even save a few bucks um, on, on living expenses such as insurance when you rent. Um, you know, renter's insurance is typically significantly cheaper than homeowner's insurance. Um, so yeah, there, you know, renting is not always considered an option, you know, for in retirement, but it is definitely an option if, especially if you, you know, like the freedom to move around as you wish. Absolutely. That can be a great option. I think home ownership is great, but a lot of people don't realize the advantages of renting. That's I mean, right. and really when you own a house, you do spend a lot of money on that house. You have to fill it up with things. You have to do a lot of maintenance. Things break. Right. It's not always as big of a economic advantage to you as you might think. The heat, um, the heat goes out when it's cold one yeah, night. Yeah, there you go. Yep. <laughs> right. If you're obviously if you're renting it, that that costs nothing to you, and your landlord will get that fixed for you. That's right. So definitely something uh, to consider. And the last one is move in with the kids. Oh goodness. Um, you know, sure, some families, the idea of parents retiring to the granny suite, I don't like that terminology okay. um, from this article, but uh, above their kid's garage is a nightmare for clashing generations and, you know, obviously just cramping your style. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it could be a good fit depending on all kinds of things. So sometimes having your aging parents move in, they can help take care of the kids, um, there's just community there. Um, it can be a sweet time in your life. Obviously, each family situation is different. Um, but actually, my my grandparents have moved in with, with my parents. And while it's had some challenges, it's also been a very sweet time that we're able to spend with my grandparents. They're from Louisville. Um, and so they've been down here. And I get to see them a lot more and, and spend time with them. And also just, you know, we get to help take care of them as a family. And and so, yeah, you know, that, and then also helps save them money as well. Mm. Um, so there's some advantages there, but obviously each family is different. Um, and you have to weigh your pros and cons with sure. that one. Sure. But yeah, that's a great article. Uh, if you do have questions on that, please reach out to us. We all, also, you know, if, if you go into retirement with 50000 on your mortgage and you have, you know, 800000 in a 401k, we also do strategically pull out of the 401k yeah. or the IRA to pay off that debt in retirement. Not everyone agrees with that, but we do value not having debt in retirement. So again, if you have questions, please reach out to us with those. Absolutely. And that leads us up to the question of the week. So the question comes in, should I sell my $350,000 rental that would clear 200000 and pay off 115000 in credit cards? 60000 in car loans, and also a $35,000 personal loan? Or should I continue to get the 2000 a month in rents from it, Right. Uh, you know, minus the 105000 a month expenses on the house? Yeah. So basically it's saying, should we take this, this asset that is producing an income of 2000 per month? It's only netting 500 per month because you've got the mortgage and other expenses. Should we take that asset that's worth 200000 and sell it? put it towards the debt or keep getting that 500 per month. It's a pretty easy equation from, from our standpoint. Uh, this, this, um, this situation is real and someone asked us this and they're paying about $5,000 per month in non-mortgage related debt. And that is stressful as you can imagine. So our, our answer is, man, you have this rental property, you can easily sell it, get the proceeds, pay off all debt. You do have to change your lifestyle so you don't go right back into it. But goodness gracious, this is an incredible opportunity where you can pay off your debt very quickly, completely change your financial situation. Your net worth has not changed because you've put an asset towards a liability. So your assets decrease, so do liabilities. So your net worth hasn't changed, but it is it frees up this, this situation tremendously. So 
different ways to do it. You could definitely keep it, keep paying the 5000 But the problem with that, specifically with the credit cards, is the interest rates can be 20 or 25%, and you've got you know 115000 of credit cards. So it's a big hole that you, if you don't jump on that, you're not getting out of that. And it's going to get uncontrollable to where then there may be bankruptcy in the in the future if you don't get this under control. Yeah, my my vote is absolutely yes. The amount of stress that it alleviates, you know, getting debt free, yes. having that budget to budget just leaves you with a lot more options. Yes. And yeah, it's just way more freeing. Debt is just such a burden on people. Yep. And golly, just if you can get it paid off, obviously, you know, we're affiliated with Ramsey and and we're big believers in paying off debt um and finding that freedom. So, you know, Matthew, we, the second article we're going to go through today, it's, it's not necessarily an article. It's actually a, a summary of a, of a pretty popular book mm. right now. Uh, the book is called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Okay. Mm. It's by John Mark Comer. Uh, my wife is actually reading this. She's in a book club. My sister's read it. It's on my uh, list of books to read. Um, but just to the listeners, you know, the question is, you know, do you ever find yourself just kind of hurrying through life? Mm-hmm. Do you just see that you're week to week, you're just getting lots of tasks done, you're just constantly on the move, you're constantly moving on the next thing, thinking about the next thing? The reason I ask is because I struggle with that. That's yeah, something that's real. I, I struggle with. I, I'm always in a hurry, always trying to be efficient with my time, my calendar. And so just talking to my wife about this book and, and you know reading a little bit about it, there's some really cool lessons um, and so, yeah, how about you, Matthew? Do you find yourself kind of rushing through time or through uh, life from time to time? I know that's a rhetorical question. So <laughs> Ryan and I know each other very well. Yeah. And, and Ryan knows uh, knows the answer to that. And, and the answer is is yes. Uh, I do struggle with that. And it is something that I'm very mindful of. Uh, and I, <clears throat> we'll talk about it here in a little bit. But the, the, the thought of one having one day of rest, a Sabbath day of rest is... It's something that I'm trying to implement, and it is so beneficial when I do. Um, but yes, that is something that um, I I am working through. Currently. Yeah, we're both you know both kind of laying it out there for everybody that yeah. it's something we're both working on. Yeah. And so you know it's a problem that affects anyone. You know, from a single mother in poverty to a CEO of a successful software company. You know, we all hurry too frequently. Um, you know, because of the constant rush. You know, we can't. Um, you know, we see that our relationships and lives can suffer through it. Yeah. And so this is a, just a, a little review of the book. This is from a guy named Luke Rowley. This is called Four Minute Books, and it just reviews a lot of the main points of the book. So Pastor John Mark Comer fell prey to what he refers to as the hurry disease. Okay, so as the pastor of a rapidly growing church and family man, it looked like he had it all. But instead of feeling fulfilled, he felt increasingly stressed and exhausted. He knew that something needed to change. It wasn't until he looked to the very same Bible he taught from that he found the solution. So in his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, how, and the subtitle is How to Stay Emotionally Healthy and Spiritually Alive in the Chaos of the Modern World, You know, Pastor John Mark Comer tells of his transformation from stressed out, drained a church leader to a mega, of a megachurch to a fulfilled small church pastor who made time for God and his family. Um, and so, like I said, a lot of a lot of my friends are reading this book, um, and it's like it's on my uh, list of books to read. To read yeah. 
And so, you know, here's some three lessons we're going to go over from the title. You know, feel free to check the book out. Go look at your local bookstore, like the Book Tavern in downtown Augusta. Pretty cool spot. Um, And get yourself a copy. Yeah, so the first lesson is to get the peace that comes from silence and solitude. Uh, You must make time for them daily. In a world where we are constantly bombarded with notifications on our devices and on our wrists, it can be hard to find silence and solitude. Even if we're alone with our phones, it doesn't mean we're alone in our thoughts. Social media leaves us connected uh, to really a bombardment of thoughts and opinions. Before smartphones, people would wait without a source of constant distraction. They would sit on the bus and watch out the window. Nowadays, we leave little time for this solitude and reflection. Jesus had a reverence uh, for quiet time uh, alone uh, by himself, uh, ultimately with the Father every, every day. He made time for this every day. And we see this in, in the scriptures. It was part of his practicing faith. He was busy, no doubt, but he made sure he had time to himself and did so by getting up early before others were awake. On the very busy day, he disappeared on a mountain to pray all night. Whatever it took, he made that time. It should be just as non-negotiable for us as well if we want to live emotionally healthy lives in today's uh, hectic and chaotic world. Yeah, and you might be saying, hey, Ryan and Matthew, you know, I don't have a mountain to disappear to. Well, you know, mm-hmm. don't sweat it. Uh, just make a point to get up early, maybe. Uh, make up, Get up before your kids. Get up before your wife um, or your e- husband. And, even, even five minutes. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't take a lot. Even five minutes to set the day yeah. is, is Ab- massive. Absolutely. And, you know, just take time to enjoy things like a good book and a cup of coffee. Um, you can even take the extra time to go on a walk, Right leave the phone, just go on a walk and, and just be in your thoughts, maybe some prayer time. Um, you know, just put down your phone, unplug the headphones as we're talking into your headphones mm-hmm. <laughs> and allow yourself to feel all the emotions that might come your way. You know, so that's something I've been practicing this year. I've, I've been getting up earlier and instead of working out or doing all the things on my list, I, I'm just, I'm sitting in a chair mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm reading, I'm reading scripture, I'm reading other books mm-hmm. and spending time in prayer. That's and good. sometimes I just spend time in silence. Mm-hmm. And it's been very beneficial to just my mental health, my spiritual walk. Um, obviously, uh, people listening, everyone comes from different backgrounds and beliefs, but this is something that, you know, has been very helpful to me yeah. in my life. Um, so the more you do this, the more you'll start to realize solitude does not equate loneliness. Mm-hmm. Rather, it lets you connect with the world around you. Um, so I think that's crucial. So give that a shot. Maybe practice it for a week. Yeah. See how it is. I, I, I promise you, you're probably going to see a lot of benefit from that. Mm-hmm. So lesson two, um, although you might think the idea of resting from work and everything else for one full day each week is old, it actually has some great benefits. Um, even God himself took a rest after the sixth day of creation. Mm-hmm. And you should too. Even if you don't consider yourself particularly religious, make sure to set aside at least one day a week for rest. You know, not long ago, you know, Americans used to wake up to a quieter Sunday where all businesses were closed. There wasn't much else to do but be with your family. You know, obviously go to church for some people. And, you know, obviously in the shift in society, the more, you know, secular and commercial it has become, it's just harder to find rest. Shops are open. Um, people do a lot of work on Sundays, you know, things to worry about or people prep for work. Um, and golly, that can just really kind of mess with you. That's right. Yeah. No wonder everyone is so burned out. Even if you aren't religious, we would encourage you to set aside a day and respect it. 
maybe spend time doing things you don't normally have time to do, like taking a nap or going on a walk. Enjoy the company of your family or close friends. Um, John Mark Comer even suggests to go to a concert and just feel the music. Uh, resting will allow you to appreciate the week uh, previous and recharge from the one to come. And so this is something that's called a Sabbath rest. It's, it's a day of rest um, that, that we would encourage you to consider. Uh, lesson three, this final lesson, uh, inefficiency isn't such a bad thing. And this is a pretty stark uh, thing to say. Allowing it into your life will help you slow down and become more mindful. Uh, have you ever stood in line at a, uh, in line at a grocery store, frustrated at the person in front of you who is looking for coupons? Don't don't they know that we're just in a hurry behind them? Yeah. And we just want them to get out of our way. Come on, you're right. Comer wants us to realize that we shouldn't be in a hurry, um, because if we really look down deep, we might realize sometimes we only feel the need to hurry for the sake of hurrying. And this is very difficult, Ryan, even in our profession with capitalism and just yeah. always trying to make things better, which is wonderful but it's also very dangerous when we say okay if if you know this is good let's make it better and if that's better let's make it even better and let's try to get to best and there is never this wow this is great let's just rest and let's enjoy and that's the problem and that can be very dangerous and that's what we're trying to encourage everyone who's listening just to consider rest what does that look like to to incorporate that in your life and the truth is we don't have to be so efficient all the time Instead of racing by cars on your commute home, maybe that's something you you go you know you you hurry with is driving. Uh, try going the speed limit. You know, take a minute to let other people merge in front of you. It probably doesn't need to be a stressful race, right? I mean, really, if you, a lot of times you realize when you're speeding somewhere, you're still going to stop at that stoplight that everyone else stops at, right? You're still going to you might shave off a few minutes. Um, so maybe that's something you practice. Instead, it could be. Uh, driving could be kind of a relaxing time of solitude that allows you to reflect on your day, listen to your thoughts. Um, I even like to pray in the car. It's just something I like to do just because I'm, you know, in solitude by myself a lot of times. So that's something you could do as well. Um, another great way to slow down your life is by simplifying your phone. Mm. <laughs> uh, Comer even suggests transitioning to a dumb phone. And honestly, you know, is there really a reason that we need social media mm. and emails constantly notifying us? These are these are good questions to ask. Um, obviously, I have a smartphone, um, and sometimes I think through this. Um, but if you're not really into that idea, you could you know delete social media, email apps, things like that, and just have it for calls and messages. And I will say that actually, I I do have my phone set up where I cut out social media to where I can't go on things like Facebook. Wow. Um, I have it blocked. That's good um, because I realize it's just such a waste of time, um, and so I do think that is a good discipline. And you know, I, I find myself not holding my phone as much when I get rid mm-hmm. of those apps. Um, so just thinking through things like that will allow you to focus on one thing at a time, rather than you know always multitasking, always being consumed, always thinking about what's next. Um, so I, I thought that was just a good topic to cover. Yeah. Um, because golly, we are in a society that's like more, 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 hurry, hurry, hurry. And we're not promised tomorrow and we're only promised one life. Mm, um, that's so really just, good. Just a good kind of summary of the book. So check out the book. Um, you know, like I said, a local bookstore, once again, it's The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. 
And that leads us to the prescription of the week. Yeah, and this is looking at open enrollment. Uh, so October, November, open enrollment season, time to reevaluate your health insurance and your 401k work plan contributions. So, you know, just making sure you're properly covered from a family standpoint, or maybe your kids have gone off your insurance and you don't need what you have. So just reevaluating that during this time, making sure you're also properly allocated in your 401k, 403b plans are, it's just a good time to review that. So open enrollment season, October, November. Absolutely. So, you know, that has been this week's edition of MoneyMD. Uh, Tune in next week on MoneyMD.net to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check out our website, moneymd.net, and send us your questions or give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening and have a great rest of the week. Material in this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment tax or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. All hosts are representatives of Richard Young Associates and registered investment advisors.